0: Hello St. Matthews United Methodist Church and those of you who are joining us online. I, I mean, they're all technically online, right? They they all are. <laughs> I'm Nobody, Pastor nobody's Kelly. Nobody's here in the room with us, <laughs>
1: and I'm Pastor Dave. Uh,
0: and we've started Holy Week. Yay! It's the uh, love Holy Week. Love Holy Week. Um, but really excited to talk with y'all. We've we've all kind of walked through Lent together. That's kind of what we've been doing on the podcast. Uh, and then now it's it's the final week. Um, but we started uh, yesterday. Dave, you preached a great message on uh, Palm Sunday um, and the triumphant entry of Jesus. Uh, and so today we're going to talk about Palm Sunday. We're going to talk about uh, Monday. It's like Monday, but then on—just uh, <laughs> kidding. Mo- Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. Not Easter. That's next week. Um, and we'll kind of we want to talk a little bit about those, uh, not in super great detail, but just kind of on the topic of Holy Week, Um, and ha-ha, I caught myself, I didn't use my catchphrase. But Dave, uh, so you preached yesterday on on, uh, Palm Sunday, kind of walk us
1: through that a little bit. Okay, we're going to turn the lamp on first? I should probably do that. Hey, Jesus is here too, (laughs) yay! Oh, very good. Okay, so uh, Palm Sunday is one of those passages that you really have to kind of know what's going on. Sure. Yeah, outside of... Really, it helps you to understand what's going on outside of what's written in the scripture. Mm. You know, the context of the setting is is uh, super important, I think, for this message. Um, so in uh, uh, the the triumphal entry is Jesus coming into Jerusalem, Jerusalem, capital city of Israel, mm-hmm. uh, Israel under o- occupation of Rome. Mm-hmm. So Rome has occupied the country, and we can look to any. Kind of country that is occupied today, and kind of get a get an idea of what what that meant for them, right? Yeah, Uh, you know, we could look at Ukraine or, or any of those other kind of countries that are dealing with that, and understand that that is overshadowing um all of the Holy Week passages, but then really all of the Gospel, right. because it's occupied through the throughout the, all of the New Testament. It's going to be a pretty consistent theme throughout the yeah.
0: entirety of Scripture that just occupied
1: by. Somebody else. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well and that and that plays into the message. Right. I mean that is in part that isn't part of what is, is being reacted to and the messages that are being given for sure. So it's always kind of part of the, the underlying, you know, message or the context. Mm-hmm. Um but for Holy Week, I think it really comes into to play and becomes really important to the story. Um so we think about Jerusalem as Occupied by Rome, you know. There's a garrison of Roman soldiers who were there all the time. Uh, Jerusalem's about, oh, it's about forty thousand people the population, mm-hmm. um, and Jesus comes in during Passover week. So it's the festival of Passover, one of the the big Jewish holidays. Um, and people come into the city. It's where the temple is. It's where the kind of the mm-hmm. center of the the universe is for the. Jewish people at the time, um, and so the city swells to about two hundred thousand people in this time. So Roman occupiers trying to to keep the peace, uh, euphemism for you know keep keep the 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 country under control, right? Um, and so you know the Roman kind of government gets uh, has anxiety mm-hmm. that they don't normally have. They have an extra burden, uh, you know. Part of the what is happening is more troops are coming in, more Roman troops are coming in to deal with the big, uh, massive influx of of uh, peoples, the population there, and it's in this setting uh, that Jesus comes in uh, into the city, and Jesus is using or, or fulfills all of the kind of uh, messianic kind of symbols. Uh, what is said is going to happen when the Messiah comes. The Messiah is going to come uh, and rescue the people mm-hmm. uh, from the from their the the all of their plights. And so the people of this time have have defined that as the Messiah is going to come and it's going to overthrow the Roman government. Sure, uh, going to overthrow these occupiers. And what's interesting is this is the week of Passover, which mm-hmm. celebrates um, the Jewish people's kind of liberation from another empire, the empire Mm -hmm. of Egypt, you know, a thousand years earlier. And so it's, you know, that's part of the story too. God is the one who, who frees the oppressed, Mm -hmm. who liberates the slaves, who, who brings freedom uh, and joy to, to a a downtrodden people kind of, kind of story. And then there's proof and celebration of it happening in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's kind of got that in their mind as they're under occupied you know, under Roman occupation, right? Jesus comes in as uh, with all of these messianic symbols: the the colt, the donkey coming in from the east. Uh, you know, and the, there's other things there, uh, and so the people greet Jesus uh, with hosannas, with uh, which is a praise that really begins as "save us," mm-hmm. um, and so that's the beginning of. You know that's the triumphal entry. Yeah. Um, but then also kind of explains why toward the end of the week, uh, the people stop shouting hosanna. Uh, mm-hmm. They stop saying save us, and the crowds, their voice and the thing they chant changes to crucify him, mm-hmm. um, because Jesus didn't come to to stand toe to toe with the Roman army, right. At the time, is not leading an army that's going to liberate in the way that people want to be liberated the the country or the city of Jerusalem. Right. Um, so, you know, that's so that's all important stuff to know as we we kind of examine this this Palm Sunday narrative mm-hmm. uh, and story is that that political piece of it is is really the bulk of it
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I think other things that are really important to uh, point out as well, right? So number one, um, a, a narrative that I'm really exhausted hearing um, is, you know, why didn't they get it? <laughs> they should have gotten it. And I'm like, nah, like I mean the, the there's a consistent pattern here of um, so so Passover is with Egypt but after the exodus of egypt this there's a this happens consistently where the jewish people are oppressed and enslaved to another foreign people group that occupy them and take over and treat them really terribly and then god hears their cries and they're repentant and then a judge gets appointed and then that judge militarily and and more often than not violently overthrows said oppressor and then the i joke i call it the clock and then the clock starts again and then it happens again and there's so there is a pattern here from their own history, where this seems mm-hmm. to be the way it happens. Mm-hmm. So their expectation of Jesus coming in and freeing them from the oppression of Rome um, is pretty consistent. Like it's a it it makes sense that they would assume that this is how it's going to be. Um, and and it's fascinating because you know you know uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You're like oh cool, um, and yeah the accounts of Jesus in the gospels is Jesus is very adamant on, it's not people. Adversary isn't people. Uh, the adversary is sin. And, and he's, Jesus is always consistent in this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the weight of that, the amount of people that are there, um, you know, I don't want to say it's a mob. It's not a mob till the end of the week. Um, but also conversely as well, uh, you have a religious system. You have uh, the teachers of the religious law who have also pandered to to mm-hmm. creating a a narrative that is misguided and untrue. And so I'm I, I'm saying we shouldn't like it doesn't exist in a vacuum or, or really gross paintbrush of like everybody's terrible and wrong and they misinterpreted. But Jesus is also very direct in some places in the gospels where he's telling them like you are teaching wrongly. And so there is an accountability here on people who are in power of their own people have kind of sold their own people over into the oppressor and are taking advantage of people, um, which Jesus is also very upset about, right? And so there's a lot of different things at play, like you're saying, that aren't—sometimes uh, I've heard this before, we just like, we talk about how bad Rome is, or we talk about how like bad the people of Jesus's day were, and it's kind of like— All of this stuff together is just everybody doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus comes in, and uh this might sound really odd, but I've always envisioned that when Jesus is coming in on the cult, he's not happy. We call it the triumphal entry because that's the way I think, like you're saying, it would have been kind of historically understood, or, or how it's going as it's going down, or he's like, oh my gosh, you're gonna save us. Right. And he's like Oh, you don't get it. And what's going what I have to go do is is not it's like, oh yay. It's um it's not the it's not what they're anticipating or Mm -hmm. expecting and Jesus knows what's coming to so
1: it's just it's tough. Yeah. I've heard some people say that it was triumphal in an ironic kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, because it wasn't gonna be what they expected.
0: Yeah, I've heard some things too that, like, logically they don't always add up. But, but one of the things, something that always resonated with me theologically that I heard was, uh, Jesus is doing his ministry with the disciples, and then like there is this turn that Jesus makes, where Jesus starts to walk to Jerusalem with with the group into the Passover and like into this, and and I heard a pastor one time explain that as in like every step is towards death. I was like, man, that's tough. <laughs> like, like you know, what i will mean? be like, I want to go. I, yeah, I and yeah. and so the the heaviness of this when he gets there, um, and it and even for me, this magnifies as we go more through our topic today on Holy Week, of what Jesus decides to do, what we're left with in the scriptures of like how Jesus behaves and what mm-hmm. he does, mm-hmm. in that context of all of these things we're talking about happening and like that, even, um, it's so powerful and good and 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 challenging uh uh how intentional all this is and how on like it, it's just neat um like man just just sitting outside there and hearing everybody just
1: excited
0: and, mm-hmm. and elated and just like you don't get it you don't get it this isn't
1: mm-mm. well and if we put ourselves in the try to put ourselves in the story and say sure. we would have gotten it right um you know, we would not have <laughs> those those people in the crowd represent us.
0: Man, I wouldn't have followed yeah. Jesus. I would have gone to Jesus and been like, "Hey, Jesus, what should I do here?" And Jesus would have been like, "I'm going to tell you a story. Uh-huh. There's two people in it. One of them is the best person that's ever lived. The other's the worst. Which one are you?" And be like, "Bro, I just just tell me what to do. I don't need. I don't need like, you know. Just get to the point. Tell me what the the, the rule is or whatever I'm supposed to do. I would have been always annoyed. Yeah." I was so annoyed. <laughs> uh stop speaking of riddles. Um, but not saying Jesus always spoke in riddles, but but yeah, so the triumphal entry. Um I think you did a great job describing like the weight of that. You know, if you're the Romans, right, you're outnumbered one to five. And you're you're and it's not and this is something else to point out is Jerusalem isn't large. Right, it's not like a big place. So when you're talking about, there's normally like, what do we say? You said twenty thousand, forty no, thousand. It's forty, normally, and it, go, yeah. it went to maybe two hundred. Uh-huh. Like that city's not built for two hundred thousand people, right? I like, thought that's a lot of people. They're all t- like it's, mm-hmm. um, and so the uh, I heard an analogy one time. It's like a powder keg. Yeah. Right. Like if if uh and this also explains like some of the disciples' actions and behaviors too of like, if you're going to do it, this is the time. Because, you know, you outnumber them and and you can motive like it's like, okay, we're going. And mm-hmm. and and people are ready and they want it and they're they're galvanized, right? That's a good word here. Uh like they're galvanized in a singular purpose, where if you went, like, hey, we're gonna overthrow Rome now, I mean, they're Maybe they're on board. Um, they're, we're not all scattered. We're here together, and, and you know everybody's feeling the vibe of like we we were freed of of Egypt, and the Romans are like the Egyptians. Get them, you know. And and so it's it's neat how that's the energy. And then Jesus is like, Nah.
1: Yeah, but the people who were thinking that it was going to be militarily, I mean, it didn't happen that way in Egypt. It wasn't a military <laughs> victory in Egypt that, also that released them. Also true, uh, but to be fair, the the thought around the Messiah was that the Messiah would be a military leader, mm-hmm. and that had been for centuries been the thought.
0: Yeah, not, and and just to make clarification in case I misspoke too, you know I'm referring to like Samson, some of these other judges, and some of the prophets, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, and and to something else we kind of touched on too is. You have an institution, maybe that's not the right word, but you have a system in place Mm -hmm. that has kind of adulterated that truth and has used it for its own nefarious purposes. And so even the people of that day, it's not just that, like, it's not hard to make the connection of, like, Moses didn't do it this way, but Samson did. And... and and you have these people who are making money off of the regular people and taking advantage of them. And, you know, Jesus flips all the tables and, and turn my father's house into a house of thieves. And, and so there is a system in place that is interested in, in oppressing the already oppressed people to take advantage of them. And they're teaching things and perverting truth to keep them there. Uh, and they're getting it from all angles. So, yeah. so to your point too, like, uh, I've never been in a situation in my life where I've been anywhere near that type of oppression, and I've been holding out on hope that it would be better for me and my family. Um, And so the idea that Jesus comes in on the cult—and remember, y'all, Jesus has a reputation. People know who he is, even if they haven't met him. And then stories kind of like always— can ch- change narratives. So there's mm-hmm. l- probably a lot of people who never met Jesus who are assuming all these things about his person that are not even remotely close to being true. And so he comes in on Passover. <laughs> and it's like, who's going to free us? Because that's what he said he was going to do. And so, of course, that's going to be larger than life and all this other stuff. And so, so we move into Jesus comes in on the triumphal entry the same time Pontius Pilate comes in on the other side uh, to make sure you all know who's in charge. Um,
1: and so the, and that was a normal kind of occurrence whenever, whenever the festival of Passover or really any of the festivals, they'd always increase the number of troops. Mm -hmm. Um, and Pontius Pilate was the governor of, of Judea at the time. And so he was the one leading those troops into the city. And so that too was part of the normal pattern of Passover week and really of all the festivals.
0: Right. Yeah, you were saying this on Sunday too. How mm-hmm. the whoever the sitting governor was would come in for the for the festivals or the feasts, and w- whenever this kind of stuff was going to go show down, of force they would yeah. come in as a show of force to yeah. remind people, like, "Hey, don't start nothing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, exactly, because we'll we'll shut it down." And it was part of the intimidation. You know, I asked you this question too, and I would love somebody who's watching this who uh, knows the answer to this. I, I if there is one, because um, I love context, and and I, I assume things, or my brain goes in the weird places, but I, I've also wondered like how long Pontius Pilate was in charge and how many times he had done this at Passover too. Cause that, I don't know why. And maybe it doesn't mean anything, but to me, it would be fascinating of like, you know, is this one different? Is, is he alone? It's just another Passover guys, like suit up. We're going to go in there. We'll crush it. If we need to, it's fine. Then all of a sudden Jesus is there and it's like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, cause we do have the account as Jesus and Pontius Pilate interacting
1: Later in the week and Bonjas pilots like this is different. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, I think that's a that's a question that we can look up the answer to. I mean, we know we'll have approximate dates of when approximate dates of when pilot uh yeah. kind of ruled. Yeah, sure, that that sure. whole interaction for me is kind of fascinating too. But anyway,
0: so so Monty Thursday. So timeline wise, Dave, where is this the timeline in the week and and how does this right. kind
1: of Well, so Palm Sunday happens on at the beginning Sunday. Okay, Sunday. Week. Palm Sunday okay. is on Sunday. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, so the triumphal entry happens on the Sunday. Uh, of course, the Sabbath at the time was Saturday, so that nothing would, would have happened on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Sunday comes, The uh, uh, Jesus comes into town. He spends Monday, roughly Monday through uh, Wednesday, in the temple teaching, and there's stories. And hitting people know, with a whip. Well, all of that. <laughs> um, so there's stories of what he taught. Uh, in there. And, and uh, it's always interesting to, you know, read those in context of an occupied people. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a religious kind of uh, practices that had gone, have gone wrong or got twisted, or got corrupted. hundred uh, percent. For sure. And then Thursday comes along. Thursday. Monday, Thursday. <laughs> and the way I read um, that story. So it's the Monday, Thursday is when Jesus brings His disciples together in the upper room, mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, uh, have the, the Last Supper together. Mm. Uh, we call it Holy Communion. Uh, and I really read that story as Jesus knowing um, that this is going to be the last time uh, uh, until He's killed, that He's going to be able to have a meal with his, mm. with His disciples. And so in the course of that meal, He really tries to emphasize... Maybe even tie a bow on uh, what he'd been teaching them, you know, for the last three years, right? About his purpose and about why he'd come and and try to uh, he 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 tells them that he's going to die, and they don't really hear that, they don't really comprehend that, mm-hmm. um, and maybe freak out a little bit about it, <laughs> just just a little, but, <laughs> a little. <laughs> and Jesus tries to comfort them. Mm-hmm. In that, um, because he knows who he is, he knows he's their leader. They've seen him as the Messiah, um, you know, friend. You know, that's that's probably one of the major uh, mm-hmm. kind of relationships that are there. Uh, but he tries to say, I, "I have to do this, but I will always be with you, and whenever you mm-hmm. celebrate this meal, I will be present with you, and in these symbols, in the in the bread." Um, you'll remember my body that's broken for you in mm-hmm. this cup. You'll remember my blood that's been shared, shed for you. Um, mm-hmm. You will remember all of my teachings, kind of my, my lifeblood is here in this cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he gives us, uh, he gives them that comforting uh, 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 reminder of who he is and that he will continue to be that person. Mm-hmm. Uh and so that is the where we get our practice of holy communion today, and we can still make that claim that Christ is still here mm-hmm. today. Uh, and so that's the beauty of holy communion, and really what happens on Monday, Thursday, right?
0: Yeah, I love. Um. Uh. And and there's other parts of the accounts depending on which gospel you're in, right? Um. You know, there's the interaction with Judas, and that's not a podcast we're going to get into this week because. I've got some thoughts on that, uh,
1: um, but even well, Peter, e- each of these things that we're talking about are huge ideas. And they're they're good, good, big, big. Any things. any kind of sentence almost mm-hmm. in this in this uh, Holy Week <laughs> in the Holy Week scriptures could be, could be fodder for a mm-hmm. whole po- podcast on their own. Yeah,
0: and and even with Peter, um, you know the the very direct response of like, I, wherever you go, Lord, I will go, and Jesus is like, the cup that I'm about to drink, you cannot, and Another thing that's really fascinating to me about that interaction is I think that's the first time since they've all been together that Jesus has told them where he's going they cannot follow. Mm -hmm. And for me, even just the weight of that, it's like we're just having a meal, man. Like it's Passover, we're celebrating, right? Like it's. And I I uh, shared with this uh, this with you earlier, and I was saying like I don't think that Jesus is his normal like yay like jovial. Now, I know he's he wants to eat with them and stuff but I'm assu- there's some assumptions I'm making where I don't you know I believe that Jesus was a person that people liked to be around and he had he he loved life and he loved people um and and enjoyed people right mm-hmm. and this is not a week where he's like his normal like yay type of self i think he's a little bit more you know, he's weeping as they're coming into Jerusalem, right? Like, that's not a... He's crying a little. I mean, like, he's, like, weeping. And and so for me, even to, like, if we're in that that room with him and and listening to this, and Jesus is like, no, 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 where I'm about to go, you can't come. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoa. But you're the only one who believed in us. The rest of society, like, told us we were average and normal, and we were not capable of great the great things that you've instilled in us. I mean, you know this, and I know this, and if... When you read the Gospels, like from the jump, Jesus is like, "No, no, no, go over there and do it, and then come back and let me know how it went." And I'm like, "I don't trust anybody with anything." Like, what, what, what is that? And so, and it's just this, you know, he's intentional about what he's teaching them and how he's talking to them, and the washing the feet, and the, and the love each other as I have loved you. Every time you do this, remember me and remember I'm with you till till the end of the age, right? Like all the stuff, and um. Just the weight of that, Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, the other because we have the context of what happens next. Uh, my own my own hat, right? My own my own take. You know, when we're faced with a very difficult circumstance or permanence, right? Jesus knows what's about to come. To me, it's important for me to pay attention to how Jesus spends those moments. That this would be the last time He would be with them. He loves these people. He cares about them. They're they're not strangers to Him. They're mm-hmm. they're close, um, and He chooses to do these
1: specific things. I think are also really important. Mm-hmm. Um. So the things that He did were comforting, you know, for them, but then also the symbolism. You know, this is happening during the Passover meal. Uh, he would become the Passover lamb. He would become the. You know, this is all feeding into the 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 reasons why he's having to do this. And then at the same time, that comfort of saying, "But this is for you. Mm-hmm. This is this is for, um, you know, all the world. This is this is the work my father Jesus said, you know, has given me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the you know, but then he also says, and I've earnestly desired to eat this meal with mm. you. Uh, so Jesus kind of realizes all of that stuff going on. The disciples don't. But what we're left with is is this uh, uh, meal and this meaning that Jesus kind of put together mm-hmm. uh, for them, but then also for us and for every right. Christian that's that's come along since that time. Right.
0: And so then we move into um, Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Right, so Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is taken. Well, you know, Jesus is betrayed, then Jesus is taken in the garden. Peter, is it Peter? Yeah, Peter takes the ear mm-hmm. off the guard because they come, they all they got swords, Uh, and Jesus is like, those who... Like, I like to think that when Jesus does that, he's like staring daggers at Peter. He's like, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And then he yeah. just like... You know, maybe he's a little bit more intimate with the guard that he heals, but a part of me is like, "Are you freaking kidding me, guy? Like, really, really?" Yeah, <laughs> <is>. um, <laughs> just you know, uh, like a dad when your kid misbehaves yeah. and you got to give him the look, uh, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and and so it's and then he's taken from them, and they take him in the secretive, the secret of night. It's gross. They try him at night. It's gross, and then they they just do horrible stuff to him. Um, oh man, uh, and then you know he gets passed over to the Romans, and then they hold they make all like all the things and, and all the theater. I mean, there's lots of theater. Yeah, and it's and it's and then even the disciples, right? Like I think it wasn't that following Jesus. In the other parts of the gospels was safe, right? Because there were times where people were like, they pick up stones getting ready to like yeah, yeah. so there was some danger, but like this is like this is different. Right. And now it's like, oh, if you're associated with Christ, like you're guilty of the same stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. And it all happens to me, like in my perspective, at least it's all so fast. Mm-hmm. You went from having a great meal with Jesus where he was super excited, speaking his normal cryptic stuff that you're like. It'll make sense later because that's how it works. Right. Cause Jesus would constantly say these things. They'd be like, Teacher, what do you mean? And he was like, all right, th- this. And they'd be like, oh. And now it's like, they're like, ah, you know, well, it'll it'll make sense, right? And then and then he's not there anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people are doing horrible stuff to him. And being associated with Christ now is. So it's no longer about outnumbering the Romans anymore. It's like you've got 200,000 people who don't like you. And your teacher has committed heresy. And they're going to kill him. And they're looking for anybody who's connected to that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Man, mm-hmm. that's a that's a fear I've never felt before." No, no that's you're right. Right? So then they go through that. And then I was joking about Pontius Pilate and the, the, you know, I have the power to set you free, man. What I would give to be that guard who's like, just got to stand there against the wall while they're talking and not like, look, and to hear Jesus go, the only power you have is the power that God has given you. And I'm like, <laughs> can you imagine like just sit there being like. Dude, they, like, miss this guy. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not He's not begging for his life. He's not trying to get out of it. He's like, nah, I'm going to do this because I'm choosing to. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And Pontius, like, I can't imagine him, like, walking out. Because he walks out a second time, right? He goes to the crowd, mm-hmm. and he tries to get them to, like, let him go. Uh, and then they're like, they get more rowdy. <laughs> and he goes back a second time, and then this whole conversation, I think, happens. And then Jesus is like, no. Nah. And then uh, uh, one of the hardest things for me is like Barabbas. And so the mob cries for Barabbas. And uh, to keep this a little bit more child-friendly, Barabbas has done some really, really bad things to people. Uh, Convicted uh, just Mm -hmm. should not be in public, Mm -hmm. right? And the crowd screams for Barabbas. And I'm like, uh, so anyway, so then that all goes down. Then they sentence him and he's got to carry the cross up till Golgotha. And that, that whole, that whole thing is just also brutal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then w- we get to the crucifixion and Jesus is still ministering to everybody. You know, he's <laughs> like, uh, he takes care of his mom. That's another dynamic that just like absolutely destroys me. Of what that was like for Mary. Um because, you know, Joseph is the greatest man who's ever lived because, you know, he's like in the Bible for like half a page and he just does what he needs to do. And and then there's no problems. <laughs> and I'm like never uh, gets mentioned again. Never gets mentioned again, right? And so we know that like Jesus leaving um creates problems for Mary in the society, and Jesus makes sure that she's looked after. Um and then he ministers to the thieves. And it's just it's just a tough day. That's just a tough day. And this is why we do Holy Week, right? Like it's and we do Lent is mm-hmm. um I I think that you know, when we talked or you mentioned communion. We talked about communion. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the uninitiated, so I'm a licensed local pastor, Dave is an elder. Because uh, he's smart, uh, <laughs> I love I love doing that to you. Uh, uh <laughs> and so uh, we have like a yearly accountability meeting. We meet with our uh, a committee uh, that um, asks us about our calling and and how we're discerning through that, right? And um, and so for me, one of the things that had has been a part of my story uh, of of why I feel called to ministry um, and and being a pastor is communion. And you know, so when we do communion once a month here at St. Matthew's, um, and when we're doing communion, I'm thinking about the context of this week, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking what we're talking about, what we're doing in remembrance of it's it's that Jesus is like in his in his last moments of ministry to those people that he loves and cares for so much. He's going, remember me and love each other well, and it's in the context of oppressed people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And that's why we do communion. It's, uh, now granted little kids like come up and they're like, Hey, can I get some more bread? I'm like, sure here, I have all the bread, like get in there, (laughs) like like, do the things. Right. Um, but it is a, um, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and making sure that people understand, like that's the context in which communion is done and why is important to me. Um, you know, and, uh, there's something else like this is a total rabbit trail here, but you, you did um you said something about oppressed people. I believe you said oppressed. No, what mm-hmm. did you say? Occupied. There's oppressed occupied. It begins with an O and ends in a D.
1: Uh, I, I probably said both <sighs> words. Said both. Said both. So,
0: so whatever. Uh, they, they both both work in the context. Um, but in that, but in that, right? We are. Now we're not oppressed in the political sense. Right, that that they were walking around in that day, but the oppressor and that Jesus is talking about is the oppressor of sin. And this is what, as Christians, this is what we acknowledge: is the like, it's not the principalities of people, right? We're people. You're not my enemy, right? Right. Uh, it's sin. Mm-hmm. Sin is the problem, and we can't fix it on our own. And Jesus, I think, is making this case. He's like, no, listen, like the problem is not the Romans. The problem is not the religious leaders and religious... Now, granted, like, they're accountable for their decisions and um, and taking advantage of people, sure, but Jesus is here to combat and, and eradicate sin.
1: Well, and that's the message of the cross, is that, right. that forgiveness is real, and that anything that keeps us from a relationship with God or with our neighbor uh, died with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the purpose of the cross—is that forgiveness that keeps us from those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, when we deny that today, when we deny that forgiveness, we're saying that Jesus didn't do enough. Yeah, um, which is hard to to think about. Uh, but that was the purpose of the cross—was to to make that relationship viable, to make it possible. Even in the midst of all of our kind of wrongdoings, all of our sin, uh, all of the ways that we have missed the mark, um, the cross kind of erases that stuff. Yeah. And I, and I, um, you know,
0: something I say to Dave a lot, uh, mainly because I need to hear it. And sometimes I say things so that Dave can be like, mm hmm, you need to hear that. Uh, is, uh, so I use a phrase and, and I say, if you want the right answers, you have to ask the right questions. And so one of the things that I will struggle with with Holy Week is, and this is not a jab at anybody, this isn't meant to be negative, but w- we see a lot of people on Palm Sunday, and we see a lot of people on Easter, and Maundy Thursday and and Good Friday are... are and and I understand that, I get that, because the heaviness of that. and um, And for me, one of the things that's really important about going through Monday Thursday and Good Friday as well and asking good questions in community with people who love you is that part of the way you answer the the questions that those days provoke in you is how you're gonna understand Sunday mm-hmm. right and so a theme that is really important to me and we're talking we've been talking about Holy Week we talked about Lent but we're, we're today we're parking on you know Palm Sunday Monday Thursday Good Friday is Jesus is doing this on purpose, right? There's a choice that Jesus makes here Mm -hmm. and is choosing to do it. And for me, like growing up, my understanding of Good Friday was, well, I'm terrible and I'm bad. And the reason Jesus died is because I'm a sinner and all the things. And, you know, I grew up where we couldn't eat meat on Fridays. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't have pepperoni on my pizza. But anyway, all right. And, and I'm not saying that that isn't true to some extent, but, but Good Friday is also to get Jesus into focus. It's not me. It's Jesus going, no, no, no. I know this is the cost. I know what's coming. I know what's going to happen and how this is going to feel, and I'm choosing it because mm-hmm. I want to. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing to sit in, uh, it's a hard thing to go into Friday and sit in the sanctuary like we're gonna and like hear that and go, we're not at Easter. <laughs> like like Jesus literally dies mm-hmm. and we're gonna sit in that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um and yet if I think if we do that in in the ways that I think Jesus is trying to encourage us to, it's hard and it hurts and it's tough. But the payoff of that, the thing we gain access to, the the hope we receive, the faith we receive, and the restored, the restoration we get, and having a relationship with God, um, is awesome. And it's good. Um, but Jesus doesn't die in spite of people. Jesus dies on purpose. Um, and I didn't I didn't hear that a lot. So for what it's okay. worth, if that's something you're you're working through, uh,
1: Anyway, Well, he chose to do that for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somehow it makes a difference. Right. <laughs> and somehow that relationship that we can have with God is what fills us and what gives us life. Um, and so that's why this is one of the central kind of days of the year for us and weeks of the year for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and those folks that, that come on you know, Palm Sunday and Easter and miss the, uh, the story in between, um, um, you know, you're, you're missing something, you're missing something big there. It's, it's not comfortable. It's really not mm-hmm. comfortable. Um, kind of in the, in the church world, whenever we're designing worship, we always end the worship service on a note of hope and blessing. The Good Friday service Uh, When it's done the way it's supposed to be done, it ends without that hope. And for those church people who are used to ending the service each week on that note of hope, to have it not be there on Friday uh, of Holy Week, I think helps us to get in the position of all of those disciples and followers and people who love Jesus, in that when he died, they didn't have that hope. It, mm. That hope had died with them. And so by that one simple kind of way that we design our worship services for for Good Friday, it really puts us into that place. Uh, and then, uh, not that we're going to talk about Easter today, but... <laughs> yeah. And then Easter is kind of more glorious when you've been in the darkness um, and means more, Mm -hmm. you know, when you've been in the absence and experienced the absence of hope, um, having that hope restored, um, you know, the, the word is glorious. I mean, it's, it's the, you know, how do you describe that? Uh, so it's the, the whole package is meaningful. The the whole calendar there is meaningful. We,
0: we, uh, and now I know why I'm doing Good Friday. Uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, just and, <laughs> and Easter. You know, to be fair, Dave asked me what I wanted to do, and I said Good Friday, and he was like, okay. <laughs> we were playing this months ago. Um, but but I, I think you make... Uh, there's a point, or, or uh, something you're touching on there, too, of, like, that, you know, it makes... it, it, it Going into that and then coming out into Easter, right, um, it, it means so much, and... So one of the things I'm always fascinated with is you know, when we talk about the gospel, right? It's it's almost like saying, well, I love, I love something, right? And like there's different levels of that, right? Like those means different things. But like when we're talking about the gospel, like I'm not, you know, Easter has to, ha- we're Easter people for crying out loud. Like Easter's like the thing, right? But the whole picture in Holy Week, it's like we get the entire thing. We get the gospel, like the wholeness of the gospel, is in is in the the way that Holy Week kind of plays out. And for me, like the thing that changed my life isn't you know I'm not downplaying that Jesus raises from the like yes, but that Jesus chooses me amidst the devastation that's coming. That's what changed me. Mm Because I didn't I didn't have a life where like that had clicked anywhere else and I was like, oh, I matter to God. God loves me. And when you sit in that, it's uncomfortable, it's weird. I don't like it. I still don't like doing it, right? And I'm clergy, we're kind out of loud. But like when you have a God, it's like I love you. And I'm gonna get you. I'm coming to get you. And and I wanna have a relationship with you, and I'm willing to do this. Mm-hmm. And you sit in that for a minute. That to me, it's not it, it's trivial to say, like, that's the good stuff. But that's that changes my changes lives. Um, because for me, part of the rhythm and flow, right? Or the the yeah, of being a Christian is there will be times, I think at least for people, where it feels like hope died. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go through like the valleys of life, and this is tough. I'm like God, i uh like
1: you love me, right? Like, and and when you sit in that, it's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I think I think in following the pattern of of Holy Week and and of the Christian calendar, and experiencing Good Friday, you know, in this special week of the year. Mm-hmm. Whenever you experience a Good Friday through the death of a loved one or some other traumatic or right. a, a loss of a job or anything that goes on in your life that that's hard to deal with, I think you're somehow. Uh, more equipped to deal with that if you live through these patterns that that are set up in the Christian calendar in the in the in the Christian year yeah I mean they in a way they simulate life
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know the the going through those hardships if you've gone through Good Friday and have learned to be expectant of of uh Easter morning then whenever you're going through you know those hardships in your life you can be you can expect Christ to still be with you even in even in that darkest day.
0: And, and Jesus is willing to mm-hmm. sit with you in that mm-hmm. darkness mm-hmm. to help you understand that Jesus hasn't mm-hmm. abandoned us and mm-hmm. left us. Mm-hmm. and And for me, that's a tough thing because it's to do the, like we talked about with Lent, right? Like to do that internal work where I'm like, oh God, I failed you. And sometimes like I can go to God and be like, "Hey, I I messed that up, but I didn't mean to." And God's like, "Yeah." And then there's other times where I'm like, "Oh no. I like totally picked the wrong thing on purpose." Uh-oh. <laughs> like like, right? But in that, right? Like that's Jesus's response to our sin, mm-hmm. to my sin is mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm coming to get you. Like I I didn't abandon you. Like that hasn't I, I'm still making a way for us because I want to because mm-hmm. I want you. Like Again, like I like I was, I keep circling this point. Is like that's so encouraging to me. Once I get through the uncomfortability of that, yeah, it's like, oh, we're loved. Oh, we matter. And even the questions of deservedness or undeservedness, some time for the most part, that kind of fades into the distance for me because mm-hmm. that's not Jesus doesn't really address that. It's like I'm going to do it because I want to because I have because you can't do it for yourself, so I choose to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. So if you're gonna to choose to do that, what will you not do? Mm-hmm. Right. And then as Easter people, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about Easter. But when as a believer, if we sit in that and we get we, I'm not comfortable, but if we learn how to like navigate that with Christ, what can we not do for kingdom purposes? Mm-hmm. What can we not like who it's it's the old adage, right? Of like, who is who is beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. And if we if we hold on to those concepts like no one is beyond redemption. We've all been called to make a difference for the kingdom and to love our neighbor and and through the relationship and the empowerment of God and the Holy Spirit and the way that Jesus has made for us. We are then inheritors of that and that relationship and then we get to go be a fruitful difference and we're all called to it and um and so those feelings of despair we've had in the seasons where it's like, oh my gosh, it's we've given over into despair. It looks really bad or it's tough. We get to hold on to that, like that's right, Jesus Jesus isn't done. Um, but again, back to Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Too much hope. Uh, but but back to Good Friday, sitting in that moment, there was none. Mm-hmm. Like he died and he was
1: dead. Uh, That's what died means. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I just, I just like, I can't even fathom that. Um, You know, I'm a dad now and a husband. And so like, I, I have no context as to like somebody being taken from me that I love and that I care about and I hang on their word mm-hmm. and I believe, and I've devoted my life now to their teaching and they're taken from me, mutilated, tortured, and then ridiculed. And like, just, like, it's just terrible. And then it's, and then the bad guys win for story purposes, right? The bad guys win. Uh, I'm like, man, that's awful. And and by the way, uh, now we're all in danger because we're next. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Good Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, it it uh so you know come the Holy Week, uh you know if, if you want to hear more of that, uh <laughs> and then and we'll also see Sunday, um, but I just I, I care so much about these concepts and what we're talking about mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the what you have access to when you sit through these things I think is so powerful and so good, um, but you gotta go through that, yeah, we gotta go through that to get mm-hmm. to the. It's the other part, um,
1: so and then we have to do it again next year <laughs> <laughs> or every time we do communion, yeah, yeah. Oh, <gasps>
0: Kelly, you mean every time we do communion, it's gonna be this awful, brutal thing? You're gonna be like, Remember, Jesus died and hope was dead. <laughs> no, but yes, and this cup represents his blood, yes. Like, <laughs> last thought, let's well, end on a humorous note here. I gonna I would submit this like, I wonder what. Peter's eyes looked like when Jesus is like, I will have to drink this cup of wrath and you cannot drink it. And Peter's like, what do you what are you even talking about? Cup of wrath? Like, but you're a good person, Jesus. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, that's a that's a that's a, another one of the many moments that I wish I could have been there being like just staring at Peter, like looking <laughs> for his reaction. No, no, Jesus, wherever you go, I'll follow. And he's like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be intense. Lots of intense moments, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: What about you? Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Um, uh, you know, I, I describe Holy Week um, to, to people in the church as our Super Bowl. It's, it's the pinnacle of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, as, as clergy, we kind of do everything. We pour ourselves out this week, we gather all of the resources uh, of the church. We we hold these uh, worship services um, to try to to help um, folks walk through this time, um, and it really is the the most important holiest of weeks mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah, um, and so I hope that you participate, uh, if not at St. Matthew's and somewhere else, uh, but that you participate and that you learn to walk with Christ. Um, Walk with him, you know on Palm Sunday in the triumphal entry, walk with him uh at at on monday thursday at the at the last supper good friday at Golgotha, and then on Sunday morning at the empty tomb hmm. um and as you do that, um, you grow and and you begin to understand the honestly the life that that Jesus offers and that it's meant for you, no matter who you are. Or where you are, it's meant for you, and I hope that you will, uh, you know, accept the gift um, that He offers uh, Mm. to all. Amen,
0: brother. Amen. I'm Pastor Kelly, and I'm Pastor Dave, and we'll see you next week to talk about Easter, the hope, the hope stuff, the good stuff. (laughs) We'll see you on the next one. Bye, bye, bye.